Welcome back, everybody. Big Time Adulting Podcast here. Very special guest today, one of my most favorite online people, Nikki Marie. So Nikki and I met in real life at the Mother Collective Retreat this past weekend. It was like we were online dating for like a year and then finally had our first date in person. And it went great. It did go great. It was a home run. We made sweet, sweet love to each other. <laughs> <laughs> Look at us. So we joined each other on a panel about the unique paradox of motherhood, which is love and rage. That was the topic of this panel. And I just thought that a lot of people were curious about what we discussed and that it might be fun to like relive it a little bit love it Nikki it was your first time going to this thing what did you think about it like in general I thought it was great I think you always go into those things everyone thinks you and I shared this story you and I have this personality that most people would think we just walk into a room and it's like we're so comfortable and we're extroverted all the time but you and I said the same thing walking into a new group of women you still get those little like first day at school jitters yeah so we had that and then once I once I got to sit down with the group, I was like, wow, it's amazing that I was thinking these women like wanted to get away from something, like wanted to, to escape something. But it was more just like people looking to be themselves in a version that was like pre-kids almost. Like yeah. they weren't there to talk about their stresses and talk about their kids or talk about their husbands. It was just like summer camp, but for adults. Yeah, it was like like a deeply like introspective thing for people too, just to like, yeah, revisit who they are outside of being a mother in so many ways, but also the ways that like motherhood has changed you and shaped you now and like all the events leading up to that in life, right? Like we talked a lot about childhood and all that shit. And we talked about how like basically at the beginning of this sort of thing, we were both kind of like, is this weird like to go to this like retreat with fucking strangers and like be like kumbaya sit in a circle hold hands like what are we doing you know like are we all gonna brush each other's hair and but it was so awesome yeah it was just like it's a great it's it's actually just like a very unique great connective experience yeah having good food having good conversation having good wine going and doing some stuff like the, honestly, like one of the highlights for me is just carelessly riding a bike and like looking around me going, Oh my God, I forgot the feeling of just like riding a bike without worrying about my kids. Yeah. You know, what time do I have to be? Like even them on bikes, it's like, you don't totally enjoy yourself because you're worried about your kids. Yeah. You see helmet on, you're going to fall, don't cross the road, make sure you stop at the thing. Da, da, da. So yeah. this is just like, woo, I'm on a bike. I got no one to worry about. <laughs> so love and rage, that was the topic of this panel. I kicked off that panel talking about like a joke, basically, which was like, 
the early days of motherhood discussing how I just like, where's my libido? Like no idea. Right. And like my husband coming home and like just wanting to give me a nice hug and like being lovey and touch. Like I missed you. And I'm kind of like, don't fucking touch me because I'm angry, you know, and I'm not even sure why I'm just fucking pissed right now because we touched out and all that. Right. And just how that feeling of like kind of being pissed off like about stuff is so prevalent in the days of mom life. I don't know. Like, do you, I I certainly like still feel that to an extent it's way better than when my kids were really little, but do you feel that? Yes. I feel like it, it happened what two nights ago I took my kids to home goods and I had this whole vision that, we were going to go reset up our basement because our basement just needs some redecorating. So we had this whole vision and we went in and all of a sudden, like, it's like the minute we were in aisle one or whatever it is, section one of the home decor, I lost full control of my children. Like I, one was asking for one thing. One was in another aisle. You want to keep them both together. So all my expectations of that trip went right out the window. So that's really hard because all of a sudden you're like, wait, this isn't how it was supposed to go. And now I'm losing them and I feel like I look like an idiot. And all of a sudden it builds up, builds up, builds up. And you start feeling less than because you can't grasp, you can't get a hold of the situation. And then I did the whole thing at the one, once we checked out, I go, wait till we get in the car. Because (laughs) I knew that other people were looking at me and looking at us like, "Mm." I could feel the eyes. Yeah. And I was like, for some reason, my uncomfortableness, like I had to say something. So I go, oh, just wait till we get in the car. And then I look around almost like I needed, like got the approval from the other people. Oh yeah, she's going to handle this. Yeah. But I really was so mad, but I also got in the car and guess what I did the minute we got in the car? It's like, I like almost like I cried a little. I what, cried did you, because what did you say? I just said, I just don't understand why oh I know what it was my daughter asked me right away like as if nothing happened right because they're complete narcissists sometimes the kids the egocentricity is right so we get in the car she's like mom can you put on the one the Taylor Swift song and I go I would like to just sit in silence for a minute <laughs> I'm not putting any song on I'm not talking about anything everyone just you know oh and that was how I handled my rage because I'm not a rage person but what I was feeling inside man cyclone. So yes, like we all handle that feeling of overwhelm and disappointment and what the hell am I doing right now? Am I doing any of this right? We all handle it differently, but that's, that's rage. Yeah. It's in there and some, yeah, it comes out into, I mean, I am one to every now and again, go full on nuclear on my kids. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? Maybe I don't say fucking kidding me, but maybe I'm like, are you kidding me? I might. I might literally get. Luki said, fuck yesterday. He said, get your fucking feet off this chair. <laughs> and I was like, what did you say? And he said, get your crazy feet off this chair. <laughs> I love it. My son wanted to put a Taylor Swift song on the other day, but it's the one that says, fucking yeah so when it says it so he couldn't wait like he's pacing around the kitchen island and like me a friend my niece is here and I'm like what's he's like showing off or something because he's looking at everybody and the minute she says fucking he goes 
just continued on his way and we were all dying. For those of, of you who can't see what happened, Nikki just held up her two middle fingers. He, he wet. But he was like waiting for the perfect timing, the perfect entrance of the bird. And then just continue. And I'm like, that's how you know he's a little comedian in the making because like, it's all about the delivery and he delivered. Amazing. He always would have been proud. He always <laughs> delivers. I um so like on this topic of like obviously there's the love. I feel like that's like a dis- a disclaimer that we never need to make. Like fuck that saying like I do this because I love because it is just the reason why I think the rage is surprising or taboo or whatever to talk about is because of the deepness of the love that's there. Um, but I guess like. I felt like one of the takeaways that I had from the panel in terms of why the rage, why the anger is really goes back to like the societal constructs of like what we are expected to do as women and mothers this day and age and like the lack of support for how much shit we have on all of our plates and how that would obviously make anyone pissed off right like but we're all just like thinking we're supposed to be able to keep all the balls in the air all the time right no there and there's sometimes like right now my kids and I we're like at we're great we're great hey guys I'm gonna go on the podcast you good yeah Yeah, everybody's lovely and then 10 minutes after this it might be a totally different thing and it's it's hard your emotions are all over the place and I think for anyone, this is what we, this is what I went into during the panel was I was a division one athlete. I was a successful businesswoman. My entire life felt like success was in my control. Yeah. Right? It was like, you work hard, you put in the work, you put in the grind, you go to practice, you practice extra to get that spot on the starting team and you do your extra work to like excel in a sport. And that is totally me as a human. Yeah. And then all of a sudden in parenthood, I'm like, well, that trip doesn't work in this category. Yeah. So you have to like, it's a lot of your egos just getting the shit beat out of it. And I think the yogis would say, that's good. No more ego. Yeah. It's great. great. I'm learning a lot about myself through this whole non-ego journey. With it kids. is. It is hard to let go of your ego in parenting for so many reasons. Like what you're talking about, the experience you had in the store the other day with your kids and stuff and them going ape shit around home goods and you feeling like always in motherhood, like this is a reflection of me. Oh yes. my God. Like everyone's going to be a bad mom in the moment. Yeah. But it's also like, okay, I think I'm such a good mom, but am I, but am I, what am I, why am I doing something wrong if yeah. acting like this? And you and, just self-reflect. Right. And meanwhile, everyone's kids are doing stuff like that. You know, like we're all in that experience, like in that situation at one time or another with our kids, like whether it's today or tomorrow or a few weeks ago or whatever, it happens to every single mom. Yeah. No matter how well behaved your kids are, or you think they are. But like, I think of you because even though I do so much solo parenting because of the nature of my husband's job and he's gone like all day, every day, he's still here in my partner in so much of like the load of, of parenting and just being able to bounce shit off of each other and that kind of thing. You're doing what you do largely by yourself. Like you are on your own with your kids almost all the time. Yep. Yeah. 
I, I don't, how do you feel like you are able to, like, are you, do you just grin and bear most of it and just say, this is my, this is my job. This is my role. Or how do you find your outlets or how do you not like lose your mind? Yeah. It's a lot of like self-growth, self-love. I, I've been doing, you know, I think I said at the retreat, I'm like, I've been doing the damn work forever. I'm sick of doing the work. Yeah. Doing the self-growth. Like there are days I'm like, no, I'm sick. I'm doing all this. Who else is doing the self-work? Who is? I don't mean that about anyone in particular. I just mean like, I'm tired of doing self-work. Yeah. So the other day when I cried in my car after Home Goods, it wasn't like a sobbing cry. It was just like the tears that you know you like awkwardly once in a while like saw your mom and you're like, ew, this is weird. <laughs> She's like tearing up. <laughs> <What's wrong? laughs> it was one of those. So I was just like, I just want silence. I'm not putting anything on. You know, it was one of those cries where you're like, I could sob if I were home alone. Right. But my kids aren't going to understand all this emotion. But a lot of the emotion that they don't know, and I don't get to speak out loud, is that I didn't have anybody to end the day with and kind of say, wow, here's what happened in the store today. And like, oh, yeah, I just, I always envision having that partner, you know, and that's not a moment that you want to like call your girlfriends and share because they got their own stuff. My girlfriends with kids have their own stuff. So when you say alone and how do you do it, I think the hardest part is like, having that really good relationship with yourself that you expected to like have with someone else. Like the conversations are like, you know, this is don't complain. I go into the, you know, because you've had a child with cancer and I've had loss and miscarriage. Right. So it's like, I always think, would I want it any other way? Would I want to not be in this situation with healthy kids who I love to pieces? So I always do the, perspective thing. I've always been like that. I think it's like just in my wiring for some reason. Like I find that when I'm really about to pop, yeah, I need a break. Like I'm burnt out. And what that looks like for me is like getting a babysitter. Um, or maybe getting a night away or maybe having my kids like with their grandparents for a night or something like that. Um, but I try to do a little something like every day where I'm like, if my kids are say they're just around and it's like, you know, this week, like they're not in camp and they're home with me and whatever. I 100% like use the screen and I'm like, go sit in front of the screen and rot for as long as it takes because I need to go like exercise and take care of my own mental stability right now so that I can be here for you in an hour, you know? Yes. Yeah. I saw a meme the other day that said, people ask me if I feel guilty because I exercise. And her response was, no, I feel like I, I don't feel guilty because I don't want to be a C-U-N-T to my kids. Yeah. It's like, you know, if I don't exercise, I'm going to be, the worst version of myself. Yes. For my kids. And if I do exercise, why do we put the guilt associated with it? If we know that that's the case. So I think that that was really good, like dead on. Yeah. And then it changed, it changed my thoughts because I am way better of a person when I work out for yeah. me, working out is way more mental than it is physical. And it always goes on the back burner. And then I end up resenting everyone around me. Cause I'm like, I'm putting everybody else first by me. 
So yeah, you gotta, you gotta find the pockets of time. And I think I said also at the retreat, like sometimes it's like a matter of, remember I talked about Disney and I said, I made sure that the Disney trip was as much for me as it was my kids. Mm -hmm. Like I knew there were certain drinks that I wanted to try or a certain coffee that I had to try or a certain cookie that I needed to wait in line for. And I let my kids know, Hey, the line's long. We're going to stand here. Cause this, this one's for mom. Yeah. Those little things, even though they're whining or maybe don't want to be waiting in that line. I made sure they saw how much joy I had in that simple thing. Yeah. Yeah. I deserve this too. Yeah. Right. This I is all see about joy stuff. Yeah. Now, like, as we are with being kind of out there publicly about everything we're doing, saying about motherhood. And let me back this up for a second, because I just wanted to like make a connection between um, anger and rage and anxiety, because I sometimes feel that like when my anxiety is running really high, that I'm way more on, on edge and irritable and apt to fucking snap at somebody, right? Like if my angst is distracting me, I have no time and patience for other things. Um, so in this mom space that we're in putting ourselves out there all of the time, like there is an element of like judgment or maybe some mom shaming that we face that kind of thing. Do you do you feel that? And does that contribute to anxiety in your life or like make you second guess yourself in, in ways? Like, how do you feel? Yeah, I, I, I don't second guess myself because I've done, like I said, I've done the work. So three yeah. years ago, I would see one negative comment and I would like dwell on it. Yeah. And now if I see something, I'm like, oh, that was somebody new who doesn't understand my relationship with my kid or my humor. Right. Or that was someone who doesn't know the full story. They only know that one clip and they're making a full judgment on it. Yeah. So it's or kinda, that's someone who's just an asshole. Yeah. Like there was it in a lot of times, believe it or not, us being, I don't know if you see it, me being a funny, like confident, goofy, in your face, kind of like woman. I see most of like the negative comments are from like grown men. Ew. Yeah. Yeah, there was yeah. one guy, it was, it was a, somebody else's post about the importance of putting your marriage first. And it was a great post. And it was this married couple who was like, the best thing you could do for your kids is be in this amazing, perfect marriage, right? It was kind of like the gist of it. And I looked at it and I was like, that's great. But I also felt defensive for the single parents who maybe would not be like me, would be like feeling bad that they didn't have that for their kids. We're not going to allow that to happen. Right. We're not going to allow people to feel bad watching somebody's picture perfect post. So I just chimed in and said, um, well, that first part didn't work. So I guess I'll have to be a rock star single mom now. And a grown man on it commented, he goes, well, first step is to stop twerking online. And normally I wouldn't even look at it, but I was like, well, the twerking's paid off. There's my son. I Oh, go ahead. <sighs> we back. Good job, mom. We back. We back. We back. We have itchy buttholes. Happens to the best of us. Yeah. So the so the guy said twerking in the night. I normally would ignore it, but I felt defensive, and I want. I said, not today, Junior. I said that twerking 
which I never, I, I would, I have one dance video out of like 70 videos. I said, that twerking actually has allowed me to stay home with my kids. That twerking's paying the bills. Thank you very much. Yeah. Judgy so, McJudgerson. Yeah. I mean, anybody's negative comment can Maybe. ruin your day if you're having an off day already. I mean, he, he, he clearly hasn't seen my page because he would be trolling all over my shit if he's seen, if he's has a problem with the twerking because I'm shaking my ass every day. I think it's just like anything in life. You got to, not to sound cliche, but you've got to know who you are in order to take feedback or let it go. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. I mean, I just, I think that that sort of pops up for me sometimes like in my messaging. And I actually just posted a reel about this yesterday because maybe I have, maybe I'm still doing the work, you know, like maybe I, I still like get, take things to heart. I, you know, 90% of the time I can like just write it off. And honestly, a lot of the time it's like bot type trolls who are actually like, you can tell they're not real people. Like it's totally. a bot, you know, but every now and again, something will come through and it will just make me not necessarily feel the need to respond to that person, but reevaluate my purpose and what I'm doing in my message. And I feel like what I am doing and saying is serving a greater purpose in terms of normalizing the shit that we deal with. Right. And just not portraying an image of perfection out there and coming on camera without makeup on and as I am and or with makeup on, you know, just like as I fucking am, however I am throughout the course of the day. Yeah. And just being real. So I think that like we're really similar in that category, but it can be um you you, you do have to develop like a thicker a thick skin. Because yeah. I think like, when I talk to the camera as if we're with our group of girlfriends who already like know us. Yeah. So. And ninety percent of people like appreciate that greatly right a thousand percent yeah it's what more and more people are trying to do now so if you had to say something like to younger nikki and like something nice that you would say to yourself that you need to hear i think it's just it's like i at the retreat, I heard very loud and clear, like my grandmother's voice say, it's all going to be okay. You know, like all the stuff you like all the ups and downs in life and all the worries that you have, if you're doing it right as a parent, if we are sitting here worried that we're doing it right and we're, we're self-growing and we're reflecting on the day. And I mean, listen, I'm not trying to sound like the, the whole, all the gentle parenting stuff. It's like the term you and I have already said, we don't like the term. No. But I do feel like I'm very emotionally intelligent. So if I have a, if I know that I've upset my kids by going off on them, and then I want to bring us back together, I do feel like it's my job to do that. It's not the kid's job to know that. So I will say, hey, sorry, guys, I really went off there. Yeah. But here's why. I'll do my job in letting them know mm -hmm. why my emotions were so strong, apologizing if I have to. And I think that that's what this next generation is trying to do is make emotions more safe. Yeah. So everything's going to be okay. And if we're feeling all those things, we're already doing a great freaking job. I don't think anyone's listening to this podcast. Who's just like, Oh yeah, my kids screw them. <laughs> they're, 
I, I know. And I, I go, I, I totally do agree with you in terms of like, I am fully ready to apologize to my kids when I, they deserve an apology for my bad behavior, me losing my control over my emotions and stuff like that. And at the same time, I'm very much human and do those things uh, on a regular basis and stuff. And I think that I, I worry about all kinds of things like as mom, like, are they going to think like, you know, I was looking at my phone too much and I was on, you know, things like that, like I wasn't paying attention or I don't like to play with my kids. Are they going to be scarred by these things? Like, you know, that, that they don't feel, but like, honestly, I am not, I am not every kind of mom. I am one kind of mom. I am the me kind of mom. Right. And that's the only kind of mom I can really be like, I'm not gonna, I know I'm a good mom and I know that I'm not a perfect mom, but I know I'm a great mom still. Right. Yep, I and, love that. and I think that like, just accepting that the the faults are just a completely normal thing or that we're all our own person and do things differently and say things differently and, you know, get results differently. That kind of thing is part of what I think can release those like moments of anger and not like, cause I think sometimes the anger can come from feeling like you're not doing things right you know it's like you're angry with yourself and then you're angry with your kids and then it's like yeah it's I mean it's parent being a parent to a kid whose brain is still developing is like a big job because it's your responsibility to help them to understand the world like how they're going to see the world so when people ask me well why don't you do this or why is you know this your choice in co-parenting or anything I'm always like because right now is when I get to lay down the foundation of everything that I have with my kids forever. Yeah. I don't want the 18 summers. I want forever with them. Yeah. Sometimes I want to be like, let's fast forward and close up this prefrontal fucking cortex so we can get on to the adult conversations here. Okay. I'm ready to talk to you like a real human. Well, the pre, yeah, the prefrontals, are, oh, that's a whole other. <laughs> that's like not till your twenties or whatever. I know. I know. So it's uh, <laughs> a ways away. Yeah. Anyway, this was great. I just wanted to like, you know, recap that weekend. And like, I thought there were some great takeaways from, from that, that panel and talking about how prevalent rage and anger is in motherhood. And just knowing that we're not alone in that, that feeling of, I really like hate everything right now. I think we, one thing that like the thing we can like land on and end with seemed to be something that resonated with so many folks in the room that day that came back up to me. I was like, Oh my God, I love what you said about that. It was like the kids, the picture of yourself. Yeah. Tell, so tell, told, what, tell what you did. I love this. Yeah. So I'll tell the co-parenting one because my co-parent and I, when we're, it's going to sound, this is, this is vulnerable for me to say, especially with so many people in my personal life that like, it's like exhausting, right? The co-parenting divorce with kids. It's just exhausting for anyone. But for me, when he and I are like good, it makes my life so much better. Yeah. And when we're bad, I'm like in the dumps, in the dumps. Because listen, anybody can say like, is it Eric? I mean, move on. It's like, that was once my person. And it's somebody that I truly believed in. Right. And I think put all differences aside. I still believe in him and I still want the best for him. So I had talked about how 
it's kind of silly, but then the room really loved it, is that I have a picture up on my mantle of me when I was eight and him when he was eight. And I see so much of our two kids like meshed between those two pictures. But I also see two kids who wanted their future to be like amazing and bright and happy. And life circumstances come and fall on you and you just kind of like change with your environment. So I said, when times are tough and I really want to like hate him, I just kind of look at those pictures and try to think of him through the lens of him being like a kid. Because I think deep down, we're all still our childhood selves, like deep down. And that helps me to be a better co-parent. I know that might be weird, but I think forgiveness, you got to continue to move forward in life no matter what. Yeah. You made me cry when you told that. It's just, honestly, it's also just like so um, big of you to be able to see him through that lens and, and do that. And just what a great lesson, not only for like co-parenting, but just in life for like showing empathy to, to people and, you yeah. know, and not taking it all personally, but just knowing that it's like their shit that, Yes. Yeah. Totally. And that wasn't planned. It's like I found a picture in a drawer and I couldn't stop staring at it because I couldn't stop seeing how much it resembled my daughter. Mm. And that I was just like, yeah, you know, it was just, it took me and I needed to like see more of it because it made me think differently. So everybody has their, it's a coping mechanism too. You know, whatever works for people that can get you to move forward. None of us want to be stuck in life. Yeah. And I will say too, like in terms of how I feel about things, I do think this, the hard shit that you go through in life is also what ends up making you stronger and a better person in, in a lot of ways and a more compassionate, open-minded, wider perspective type of person, right? So there's oh, yeah. always like silver linings and yeah, um, in most instances at least, yes. but. But to all, like, to any moms or any like parents, it's just like one day at a time. Keep you're, you're probably that's the other thing we said. It's just you, you know the answers. No one else can like guide you on how to be a good mom to your kids. Yeah. Nikki, <laughs> what's your favorite snack? Oh God! Right now, you don't have to pick like all time, but just like, what are you snacking on these days? I mean, all the Trader Joe's stuff. I know you do all so the many Trader Joe's stuff. But I'm, you know what? If it's if it's my favorite snack, it's I am never not smiling when there's chips and a good freaking guac in front of me. Yeah, chips a good guac. plate of nachos and guac. <laughs> Put a margarita on the side. Then there's that. Then there's that. <laughs> Right? Those memes were like, no one's unhappy when they're at a Mexican restaurant. Like nobody, nobody. You're a serial killer if you're not happy at my. How about you? Oh, that's a great question. I mean, I am such a like. It depends what I had last. Like, I feel like I need to balance everything out. So, like, if I had something sweet, then I need something salty, or vice versa. But I I I feel lame to saying this, but I've been doing a lot of like 
cottage cheese type combos these days. Like cottage cheese is so trendy right now. Trending, you got to do a post. I know, but I don't. I don't know. But I do. I do cottage cheese sweet. I do it savory. I'll add honey and berries and stuff to it and eat it like that. Or I'll add salt to it and throw it on toast and like. Whoa. Look at you. I know. I know. You know what I heard is phenomenal with cottage cheese. What? It's the, um, the pretzel. What do they call them? The pretzel thins. The buffalo ones. Oh, that cottage makes sense. Cheese. Like a blue cheese substitute type thing. Yeah. All Look right. at us. I got to get those. <laughs> Look at us. Look at us. Who would have thought? Not me. <laughs> All right. You are my favorite. You're my favorite. I love you. Thank you for having me. Talk to you later. Thanks so much for being here. For more information on today's episode, visit my show notes. And if you enjoyed it, leave me a review. Now get yourself a snack.